We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Light Years. I'm recording this 1.30, 2 p.m. on Sunday. We, the, we do not know the end of the Bay Bridge series. Andy Liu is currently hunting for Armand from White Lotus on his vacation. He'll be back next week. Um, and sitting in, in his place, I have from the Merck News, Dieter Kurtenbach. Dieter, how you doing, man? I'm good. Uh, I, it just dawned upon me that I'm filling in for Andy. So uh, nice. let me get into the right headspace. Uh, do, <laughs> well, do we you have know, any no recreational one, no drugs one, or anything no, around here? No one can. No one can fill in for Andy. That's like. Uh, you know, that's like saying, you know, okay, well, the Warriors replaced Kevin Durant with Andrew Wiggins. Like, that's it's just, it's not, you know, just it's, not it's all the same way. Uh, it's the same way first take has never quite been the same since they lost Skip. Yeah. Oh, man. The, every now and then I go down the rabbit hole of the old Stephen A. Skip oh, things. Like, one, 50% of the bits they did just would not fly in 2021. You're telling me that white guy, black guy wasn't the best way to go about <laughs> things for longevity. I mean, like they might as well have called the show white guy, black guy. That, that's, yeah. that's what that was going on. And you know what? <laughs> Damned if it didn't work. Those guys made a shit ton of money. Congratulations to them. They're still trying to do white guy, black guy, but Max Kellerman's got too much soul. And uh, Shannon just is not Stephen A. Stephen A is... There will never be anyone as good as Stephen A at what Stephen A does. (laughs) That is 100% accurate. And he found his true life partner in his foil, Mr. Mr. Skip Bayless. And it's just a reminder, folks, when you find something special, don't let it go. Uh, Even if someone someone from a different network comes and offers $8 million a year. (laughs) I don't know. I I would absolutely leave Andy for $8 million a year. I think he would leave. We'll see where you're at a year. So. I, I think 800 bucks might get you to leave the show. Oh no, no. We'll All see right. how this goes, and and then we'll, yeah. we'll we'll take our offers at the end of the show. Absolutely. All right. So obviously, Baybridge series is going on. This isn't a baseball podcast, but I was kind of struck by the Giants are basically like the self-actualized version of the A's now, where it's yeah. like. We are going to do that same thing you guys do philosophically, but with an actual payroll, like mm-hmm. with actual resources. We're mm-hmm. not going to 
every decision's not going to be a race to the bottom penny, you know? <laughs> and so beyond the fact it's been entertaining baseball and, you know, Saturday was a heartbreaker for A's fans, but like yeah. these teams are in many ways, like a mirror image of each other, the way they go about it. Totally. Also, you know, I would say the Dodgers are a mirror image as well. They just have probably more high-end talent. That's kind of how more they've, of the smart been, teams play. Yeah, yeah, they've been in the business now for, for a few years. Like Tampa Bay is probably the best team in all of baseball in terms of quote-unquote money Bang ball. for your buck. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, but they don't keep their dudes, whereas you know the Dodgers are able to not only develop and play this sort of right-on-the-edge uh, mm-hmm. uh, game, but also they're able to acquire and and yeah, they can get they can get a superstar like Mookie Betts and not have to worry about re-signing him and Which the Giants is, are probably going to be the exact same way. That's the thing. That that will be the interesting next iteration of the San Francisco Giants. I do want to push back just a smidge though okay. on a, a statement that you made halfway through. I agree with the entire initial premise, but the entertaining baseball part uh, is a challenge for me because I was a- I, I actually like removed myself emotionally from my job for a minute. And it's great that the Giants are winning. I love watching the A's. They are preposterously entertaining. Starling Marte right Starling now. Starling Marte might be the best show in baseball right now. I love, I love how basically he has decided, um, I'm not going to be here at the end of the year because the Oakland A's aren't re-signing me. So fuck it. I'm getting some stats. And yeah. he's just going out there and doing everything. He is just playing like it's a show create a player, just pushing the envelope all the way around, and he just keeps getting rewarded. And it's a blast to watch and juxtapose that, which is fun as hell, to what the Giants do, which is everybody on the team is now Brandon Belt. And I'm not exactly sure that the Giants, despite all their wins and all of the sort of inherent drama that their season has brought about, because it's just been tight and the bullpen's falling apart one day and then the pitchers are falling apart and then they can't hit and they they never seem to have it all together because they're just not as talented as the Dodgers. But like, I legit fell asleep in the sixth inning yesterday. Like it was, it was a long game. It was a long game yesterday. And I I know what you mean because before the infusion of Starling Marte and Josh Harrison, like it was getting a little boring there too. Yeah. I mean, I can only watch so many nine pitch Mark Canna at bats and like Jed Lowry and just like, let's see how much we can stretch out the pitch. So I hear you on that. But in general, I think winning is entertaining, even if it's, um, even if at times you're like, man, this is the most pragmatic approach possibly humanly possible. <laughs> yeah, like pra- pragmatism doesn't get me to buy tickets, though. Like that, that's and I do think no, that but the entertainment Lamont Wade walkoffs do. So yeah, yeah, they do. They Chris do. Bryant home runs do. Like they, I mean, I think, I think people forget about how it can be like an hour of nothing if you're just- rewarded with like the big play at the end of a game or something like that. Tantric you know? baseball just doesn't appeal to me. I would like a bunch <laughs> of doubles. <laughs> just, just get to second base a bunch. And, and that applies on multiple levels. It, uh, sure. It, it's eh. listen, I love baseball. Uh, I spend way too much time thinking and not enough time writing probably, but uh, I, I love it, but we're so spoiled here in the Bay. And maybe this is your easy segue. Like Steph is both the statistical optimization yeah. He, yeah like he's the guy who everybody changed the way they played because he proved that that was the statistically smart thing to do right even though no one can recreate him like his shot and, selection it's like no just take more threes yes it's not like damian lillard even though you do not shoot it at steph's clip 
you shoot it more than well enough that this is an inherent advantage for our team. Which I would like to point out, maybe I'm going to counteract my entire proposal here, but that's also kind of boring as fuck to watch. Like, I would, just, agree, just I would agree with you. Like, like the college game's unwatchable now because the, they're just the, the like, whole, I'm like, Steph um, Curry and you shoot 26%. The peak Daryl Morey Rockets Ooh. were Ooh. Um, antithetical to basketball. Yeah, both super impressive in terms of what they did, but like no one liked watching that. Like, I appreciate line, their commitment you, to the bit. You're lying to yourself. You liked watching it. You liked the two to three cool highlights Harden pulled the game. You did not like the two and a half hour products. So what we're saying is that the Rockets with James Harden were baseball. It was modern Basic, baseball. I mean, they were, right? It was just okay. everyone launching threes. Because Steph still does cool and interesting things amid he's still entertaining as hell. Like there's nobody who gets people out of their seats more. He's enchanting. I mean, Steph Curry is if I understand that you can't recreate them, but like the, the if, if we're gonna, exercise, if we're yeah. going to go with this baseball basketball analogy, Steph yes. Curry is, is Barry Bonds where you're like, you have the perfect analytical approach, but you're also hyper efficient at it. You're not like hitting 240, but you're going to get five, 50 home runs and it's going to win us yeah. in the long term. So it's like, it's, it's a lot different when a guy <laughs> who shoots 45% from three does it. And a guy who shoots 35% from three. I think it's more like Griffey because Griffey's sure. out there making plays in the field. And obviously Steph's defense isn't Ken Griffey junior level to young, but, young Barry Bonds. I'm not talking about yeah. the, uh, the enlarged head beer, you know, gut. That's a, that's a, that's a little more James Harden in, in many yeah. ways. <laughs> Uh, where he only walks or hits a home run. That sounds like James Harden either going to the line or knocking down a three. Like, Sure, but Harden didn't do it at the proficiency Bonds did. Um, no, no, he did not, and no one ever will, and that's why Barry Bonds is the, the greatest living ball player. Yeah, but where I really want to – so I, I think we're at least in agreement on this, though. Both the A's and the Giants, from a front office perspective, yeah, are getting – maximum production like i i don't think you can they know how the to play a's. the game yeah yeah. i don't think you look at the a's and be like man if only they had a better front office it's more like <laughs> man if only their front office had like two dollars instead of two cents yeah. two pennies yeah and then and then giants wise obviously they have the money but like you know farhan's and don't forget where anymore. farhan came from right farhan yeah, comes from the dodgers but he initially came from the a's and so i was on i was on the field yesterday I was just talking to folks about just sort of the, the juxtaposition and everybody with the A's was like, yeah, we, we're, we root for Farhan because we love Farhan from when he was with us. And we're generally interested to see how the giants play because we feel like they're doing the exact same thing we're doing they're with doing money. We, they're doing what we wish we could do, which is yeah. have that extra 5 million to spend here and there. They basically, they got not they have mean, to give away your top prospect because you need <laughs> Um, the Marlins oh. to eat Marte's contract. If we, if we, if we want to talk about that, I was super <laughs> negative about that for a long time. And then I talked to Eno Saris of the athletic, right. And he was super down on my man, Lizardo. He's just like, he's coming in at 97, but it's flat and hittable. And they tried a bunch of different tweaks. And apparently they just didn't feel like they could get him to the point where he would actually be an impact starter or really an impact reliever, despite that stuff. And so they kind of sold high is I, that that's the going theory from Eno. I think, Eno's smarter than me. So I'm going to go with that. I also think he is smarter than me, um, <laughs> but I it mean, hurt, it hurt, it hurt, it hurt in the moment. I was I so, mean, it, cause I was so high on him when he came up. Um, he seems yeah, special. I, I, I could totally see it, but I, I guess it's one of those things where it's like, 
run down A's decisions over the last two decades. <laughs> Typically, it's more in the correct column in terms of evaluation yeah. than incorrect. Like, you know, Marte's mean, gonna walk, and that's yeah. gonna be about money, not because they're like he. Can't, we don't think he's worth whatever he's gonna get. It's just <laughs> they like would, they would they would bring all forty two dollars that everybody in the front office has in their wallet right now and give it mm-hmm. to Starling Marte like at this moment. Like they they can't get enough of them. And again, you watch it and you're like. This is incredible. I mean, like, I'm really excited to just go to A's games as, like, a fan again, which it had been a minute. It had been a minute since, obviously, we weren't allowed last year. And then this year, I'm like, I don't know if I want to go to the Coliseum. I was in there yesterday. I'm watching Marte play. I'm just thinking, like, shit, I'll you, throw you some money. You're not a fan of those those fun games where the A's get uh, strike out 10 times through five innings, and it's just, like, Chad Pinder – Matt Chapman chasing garbage and just, yeah. I mean, they can be, they can be a brutal watch sometimes, but it's, um, it's, it's, it's it's painful, but when they're on, they're as entertaining as any baseball team I've seen in a decade. So sure. There's your trick. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. So let's get to my point. Now we gotta bring yeah. this back to let's we gotta bring this back to the Warriors. Um hopefully we don't lost too many listeners. <laughs> I'm on that so diatribe. sorry. But what I was gonna say is it makes me wonder where the Warriors front office ranks mm. relative to their Bay Area baseball counterparts in terms of just overall acumen, intelligence. Obviously, they built one of the best teams of all time. Yeah. Um, 
that deserves something. But in some ways, they feel more like the Sabian Giants to me, where it's like, mm. did you just hit the perfect storm of a bunch of stuff here, and the mm-hmm. process might not be perfect? I don't know how to read the. I don't know how to read the Warriors. You have Joe Lake about here making. Stay, I mean, Joe Lacob at times sounds like Vince McMahon doing promos, you know, and that's like the polite way to put it. He would love, he would love to have Vince McMahon's multimedia ability yeah. or multi cross cross dimension enterprise, whatever the hell you want to call it. Like, you, you got Steve Kerr, who's more comfortable saying whatever he wants than any coach in America. <laughs> um, even when it undermines the front office, like when he, what are they going to do? Kelly Oubre. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We, we'd love to have him off the bench. I'm never starting him again you know, like, that was hilarious but also I, like, I appreciated how steve like i had just written a column the day before and uh i appreciate how steve passively just backed my shit up immediately he's just like oh yeah kelly Uber's trash i mean he was did you read the merc today that guy's trash he wasn't wrong no he like, wasn't it's one of those things where like what is the value in publicly saying this yeah <laughs> What's the value is that Steve Kerr doesn't have to hold on to that for, for a couple more months. He just gets it off his chest and he moves on with his life. They're not doing anything this year. He might as well be honest. And then you got, and then you got Bob Myers, who I feel like is uh, constantly putting out fires and managing people in every direction, managing up, managing sideways, managing down. I mean, he's just kind of, I I feel like his job is always, uh, he's, he's a fireman. He might as well be Yusmero Petit. It's just like any situation, just throw him in there. Bob left the agency game so that he could have a more stable way of life. Now <laughs> it he's not... first ever front office agent. <laughs> it just, just has not worked out for him that way. I, I don't know if the money's even better. I mean, it's cool. He's got three title rings. Like, yes, I, it is important to remember that uh, this, this was the greatest basketball team anyone has ever seen. I grew up in Chicago in the nineties. Like, I think I have a fairly high barometer of like greatness. Uh, th- those Warriors teams will stand the test of time. They should be in the present exalted as peerless, even though they lost one final and then who the hell knows what happened. Yeah, but no one, ever, no one ever beat them healthy. They can always say that. Not that anyone cares. Yeah. No, I mean, no, one, no one's going to ever like hold 2019 against them. It's like, yeah, you just no. half your starting lineup lost their lower legs you know <laughs> i mean why can't alfonso mckinney get the job done instead of kevin durant just, hey, i thought it was i thought right. it was because the, the system right <laughs> the strength in numbers not so <laughs> strong now are you um yeah i i listen the, the sabian giants are much that is Memorial a much school <laughs> super yeah i mean the forever warriors thing that the the dubs did there for two straight years not a great not a great look um it is more reminiscent, though, and I'm sorry to get off of the Bay track. I agree with you. It's it's more old school Giants than new school Giants. And new school Giants would have already traded Draymond and gotten off of a bunch of stuff and, you know, made a bunch of people really angry, angrier than they currently are. And um, Andrew Wiggins would basically be Mike Yastrzemski, all-star level player and all this stuff. Like, you know, you need a little bit of player development to actually be the new Giants because that's, that's kind of their thing. I mean, uh, and maybe they get around to it, but right now they're more like the 90s Dallas Cowboys after oh, they God, won the that's Super Bowl. Yeah, Jerry Jones, especially when you consider the fact, didn't Jerry Jones buy the team like two years or three years before they won their first Super Bowl? Oh, man, I don't, a- I don't know when. I, I do know that Jerry didn't have he liquidated everything and came up short and basically just said, I have it. And they gave it to him anyway. And then he like found the money later. <laughs> like, yeah. He's like, he I'm going to pay for it team. with the profits. 
that I'm yeah, going to exactly. make when you let me be the, okay, here, he bought it in 89. Okay. Yeah. So that's, that's, ex- yeah. A couple of years just to, and, and, you know, then he puts in charge, Jimmy Johnson, Jimmy Johnson, this incredibly forward thinker, obviously built these great teams at the university of Miami comes to the NFL and, you know, they still use to a degree, it, it's gotten better and better, but they still use like the Jimmy Johnson trade value chart. And Jerry's out there and he's getting Herschel Walker. Well, then they, they trade Herschel Walker and they, right. it's the backbone of arguably the greatest team of all time. There's not that much parallel there, but the Cowboys just ride to this incredible crest. Yeah, I would say that. And what's happened since? <laughs> yeah, the, the, the comp is he bought the team. Within three years, they win a title. They win three and four years, which is exactly like what happened under the Lakeup ownership mm-hmm, model. Mm-hmm. And then there's this belief that We're you're superior. untouchable. Yep. And you slowly see the owner and his sons forcing their way into the front office more so. So <laughs> um, that's, yeah, you are correct. Like, we don't know how the story is going to end with the, with the Warriors here. Um, you know, if in they'll make the years, playoffs, they'll always get a bunch of people betting on them to win the title. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they'll still be on national TV all the time, but like there is a certain level of, um, they're never getting back to that. They're never getting back to that. I mean, just inherently you lose Kevin Durant. You're never getting back to the heights that they were at. And yeah, honestly, but- it should still be fun because they were really, really good before they got them. But yeah, 2015 was like a long time ago too. It was like, it, I don't like acknowledging that fact, but it was a long time ago. I am. I'm old. I, I just. I feel it in my. I feel it in my. We've, we've gone through two presidential elections since then. So You're I mean, that alone. I mean, remembering anything pre-pandemic is hard at this point. <laughs> um, no, your yeah. your point stands. So I don't know what to make of the Warriors front office because it is. I don't want to say it's you know. It's not incompetent. It's, like, it's not it, it incompetent. Does a good job. They make they, way, they make too many good moves to, for yeah. you to be like, you know, this is some incompetent, poorly run organization. But they, but then again, it's just like you know, the assertion of like Joe Lacob used to hide the fact he was involved in basketball ops in the earlier part of the the decade. No, um, or at least Raymond Ritter did a good job of hiding <laughs> it. Uh, now it's just like he's letting everyone know about his own big board all the time yes. and all, and it's no longer like I'm managing this like a venture. It's like, no, I'm, I'm in the front office too. Well, when you make so much money and, and there, there's two kind of schools of thought on this, when you've made so much money with your play thing, it no longer is your play thing. So you can, you actually over-invest yourself emotionally. Now this is the, the main source as opposed to the sort of civic good that right. he was doing initially and a good business opportunity on top of that. Um, and then the second thing is like, when you are as, let's just call it what it is. Like the warriors make money hand over fist, but they haven't right. been. And you know, the, there were reports that there was a quarter of a billion dollar loan. Like there's a lot, they built an arena in San Francisco I mean, was, on their that's, own. Dime. That's a, that's a real thing. They, yeah. From a business perspective, I do have a little, I have a little empathy for them. Cause it's totally, like you build the thing and then. Did any like did anyone think? Oh yeah, yeah pandemics just keep fans out of arenas for eighteen yeah, months. The one but you still thing have to make your, totally you still have to make your loan payments every month. You know, right? Exactly. We have no revenue coming in. We're paying Stephen Curry, who's not playing for us, by the way, and not even helping us drive merchandise sale right now because we suck because he's not playing because he broke his hand. 
Uh, we're still paying him $40 million a season. Like, and again, this is all, this is the risk you take in business. And, you know, everyone got kicked in the ass, but they and he's going to, and long-term he's going to be fine, <laughs> but that's, fine. and that's the key. The ter- the thing is long-term, right? And I've spent a lot of time. We've all spent a lot of time talking about what you can do to help Steph in the here and now that's not going to be Joe Lacob's prerogative. Joe Lacob's prerogative is Steph Curry says, Oh, there's three banners. Those aren't going away. And Joe Lacob goes, hell yeah. That means that I can think more long-term as to make sure that once you go down, which by the way, we've had to reckon with emotionally already in this building, it's almost been cursed by that moment with Aaron Baines. Like I need to worry about how the hell I'm going to put asses in the seats 10 years when you're gone. And so what can I do today to make that happen? Cause clearly Andrew Wiggins isn't just taking the torch from Stephen Curry. So Kaminga at seven, you don't think you the, know, uh, you know, I think love the it. Wiggins, you don't think the Wiggins loony future is, is a bright one. It's a, it's, it's, it's a great future for me. Someone who stands Kavan Looney, um, <laughs> Uh, given how he, you know, things went down at his camp the other day, maybe, uh, maybe I need to sell some of that stock on top of it and give the money to Joe. But he's not—he's not an ISO player. He's a five-on-five guy. Yeah, <laughs> that. By the way, the Rockets should just sign that kid because he was the first one to get around Kevon Looney on the perimeter in, in years. I, nothing will ever be funnier than watching James Harden and Chris Paul get into these elaborate dribble packages while Looney just stood there with his arms out. Not moving. You can hear his hips creaking. Yeah, for 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 maybe seven or eight consecutive (laughs) seconds, just like a lifetime in a basketball play, all to just go into a step back for no reason. Just a parking cone. Yeah, Steve Kerr should have just taken one of those oversized parking cones and just stuck it in front of him and just let let them. If anything, that needs to be the statue in front of the Chase Center. Just loony with his arms out while James Harden is doing his fifteen crossovers. Every time you see a parking cone in front of in front of Chase Center when they're trying to divert parking, right. just remember that's in honor of Kavon Looney. <laughs> <laughs> and James Harden could not get around it. Um, yeah, I, 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 there is some empathy on my side. Like they are, they're eating it, right? Like the, it, it'd be one thing if they were still at Oracle, and that's all paid for. The mortgage is handled. It was just money on top of money. But they took the risk in multiple ways to build this new stadium and bills were due and they remain due and they weren't getting any money coming in. So I, I think that that changes sort of their long-term specter. Now we can get into the nepotism stuff and all that. And I don't think it's very becoming, but I don't think it's ultimately killed them yet. I think that the biggest thing that's killed them is the fact that they have how much money tied up in four players and they got to build a championship team around one of them who can't shoot one of them who hasn't been on the court for two years. Uh, Steph Curry, who's fucking incredible, and uh, Andrew Wiggins, who's, who's better him, than better than the guy they shot. got, but marginally, yeah. you know, like oh, yeah. he's an eighty-five on two K. Do you? Band, you know. So, so that's kind of where I come down to it. Like, I'm a little. If I was to grade their off season, I would probably give it an incomplete. I think they. I nailed think it's the, complete. <laughs> well, it's that's the problem. It, they maintained so they made the right picks at both selections i don't think so i don't think um they passed on a trade that was there for them in in the sense of in the sense of like it's not like pascal siakam or ben simmons or bradley beal are on other teams like (laughs) yeah there's no game changers yeah well that's my point and you know they could have used the mid-level exception but the players they wanted to use it on patty mills signed with the nets 
-hmm. Batum stayed with the Clippers. Not sure anyone else was really worth it for them, honestly. Like, I'll take what they got in terms of Otto Porter, Bielitsa, and Andre Iguodala. Spending $30 million on Paul Millsap isn't good business. No, nor also at a certain point, it's like, isn't he kind of redundant to what you have on the roster? Yeah, they um, traded away Eric Pascal because of redundancy. Let's get the older Eric Pascal. I mean, listen, Millsap's a much better player than Pascal. At the yeah, that's kind of what you're hoping Pascal becomes in a few years, and it increasingly looks unlikely. But yeah, I mean, like that's what we're all like when we looked at rookie we, Eric Pascal. You're like, I could see a world where he develops like Millsap. I think Warriors fans, we all need to take a quick moment and just acknowledge that Draymond Green is a one-time player that second-round picks have a limited window of viability unless you get super lucky. Like, and let's just yeah, give it I mean, up. I'll, let's just give up. The second round pick is going to be a super rotation man from here on out. No, just I mean, give it up and be surprised if it happens. I mean, honestly, Eric Pascal is um, better than above return for a second round pick. He can play in the NBA. Yes. 50% of second round picks can't even say that. So I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. But he, he gave, he, but when th- this Warriors roster, you look at it and you go, hmm, no place for Eric Pascal. I mean, that, that does mean it's so. a better roster than two years ago, correct? Where you would like, have to say so. He was their leading <laughs> scorer for many of those games. Yeah. Um, so the reason I'm calling it incomplete is yeah. mostly because I still feel like there's they want to make some sort of big move, but mm-hmm. it has to be on their own terms. Mm-hmm. So, like, look, they're they're heavily over the cap, but they're <laughs> yeah. maintaining all their assets. So they're maintaining flexibility in the as much flexibility as one can maintain when you're yeah. woefully over the cap. Like they now have three lottery picks who all probably have uh, a decent amount of trade value. Mm-hmm. They have all, all but one of their future picks. Wiggins contract, the shorter it gets, the e- the less you have to quote unquote, um, you know, like add sweeteners on top of them. Right. If you want to make a deal. And as much as it kind of sucks in the short term, like I'd have liked them to acquire a difference maker and, you know, hit next year running, that opportunity might not come till the trade deadline. Something like that, you know? Yeah. I, it's, it's almost assuredly going to have to come in the way that the last few have, which is like Rich Paul has decided to make <laughs> Daryl Morey's life hell until he right. gets ri- until he trades Ben Simmons. You know, like it has to, it has to start with the player because they have mm-hmm. like, it's 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 their league. They control. They call the show. Well, and also, it's like they call up Daryl Moore, and he's like, uh, "Yes, I want all of your young players and all of your picks." Right. And they say no, and Daryl's like, "All right, cool. Well, I still have him for four more years, so I don't need to make a move." So mm-hmm. it's a lot of like, until you know, Damian Lillard basically goes scorched earth on Portland or whoever it may be. I'm not sure it's not in their worst interest, or I'm. I'm yeah, best no, path it, forward to like hold on to everything and actually do a better job developing them and being opportunistic when something comes up. Yeah, I, I'm, I mean, listen, Bradley Beal would have been an ideal circumstance. Bradley Beal wasn't available. I, I know how they tried to vision board it and, and, you know, practice the secret to make Bradley Beal show up in Golden State. Like he doesn't want out. And maybe he does by midseason or maybe he doesn't. And, Maybe he does in two weeks, but as of today, yeah. he doesn't. You know? And and so the, the Warriors are in his, you know, they haven't nuked their position since pre-draft. I will say, you know, Kaminga, everyone feels really good about him. You should. Um, he was beaten up on dudes who are going to be, you know, really solid players in the Hungarian league in a couple of weeks. So 
that's important. You know, basically just a, the G league 2.0. In fact, I would say it's worse competition than the G league. So I'm glad that he uh, impressed, like he should be beaten up on those dudes. Right. So a good sign. They didn't make a bad pick. I don't know if his trade value has gone up maybe marginally, uh, but teams prefer to kind of call into the, um, I think it's the family guy thing, the mystery box. Oh Simpsons. yeah. They'd rather, they'd rather have, the un, the wolves pick than Jonathan Kuminga. Correct. Because, yeah. it, it, and, and that is case in point, James Wiseman. So the number two pick was a tricky one, but there were a couple of decent offers. The Warriors said, no, I think it was totally reasonable for them to say no, even if they Wait, took... which offers are you talking about? Are you talking about the floated like bulls? Yeah. The Wendell is like the fourth pick. And I want to say Wendell Carter jr. For the second pick. There was there was that one. There were uh, a couple of three team deals that were discussed. By the way, if the Warriors ever want to get in on a three team deal, that might be good for business. Just throwing that out there. This whole like two team only situation they got right. going on. Yeah, not not I, the league's a little more complex than that. Um, so maybe you know find another lake up son to just handle complex deals or something. But. Uh, <laughs> What, they held on. They liked Wiseman. You know, Joe liked Wiseman. I think there's a very reasonable case to be to, that could have been made for Wiseman in the moment. That wouldn't have been my guy. I don't believe in centers and that value, but that's my prerogative, and I'm not paid to have that prerogative at a high level. So, I mean, I'm with you there. I actually yeah. like James Wiseman, but I I, you're lying to yourself if you're watching what Lamelo Ball's doing in Charlotte and not going like. That probably would have been the better move. What about fucking Tyrese Halliburton? Like, yeah, no. I don't know. I don't know about that. I and I love Tyrese Halliburton, but he doesn't strike me as the the one you passed on is the one who's going to be a ten time All Star in Charlotte. Like, yeah, he, he might. He might be an All Star. Though, <laughs> that, the these are these are unnecessary parameters, and I feel like this you're, is you're the not worst. wrong. This wrong. is a Warriors issue. It's like, well, the coach doesn't like him. Well, the owner likes this guy. And it's like, well, how many chefs are in the room here? Why don't you yeah. let just one guy make basketball decisions like, you know, like the Giants with Farhan and yeah. everyone else gets into line after right. that. I, we were talking about um, off mic about like, we we're talking about off mic, like how sometimes having a hierarchy is helpful. And it was like in context yeah. of football, right. which absolutely needs some sort of hierarchical system because you need to move everyone in it's one wonderful. direction. Yeah, exactly. But it's just like the collaborative aspect that like everyone glowed about about the Warriors six, seven years ago and like how many different think pieces about how they're like cutting edge tech firm did we all read? You know, it was nauseating. Yeah. But like and how many of those tech firms that had glowing things written about them over the years have been completely done in by either an egomaniacal leader or just the fact that they got too big to scale? themselves much less their product like right yeah so it's like it's like we're, we're seeing both sides of it the warriors on some <laughs> level which is like i don't know which it, way it's gonna go but it's gonna be interesting hey man it seemed like a pretty good idea to get a collaborative process to nix the clay for kevin love deal that wasn't a collaborative process that was jerry west coming in and saying i'll quit <laughs> hey someone had to put their feet down because yeah, if he no, wasn't in there they probably make yep. that deal you know no, you're if probably, it wasn't, you're right you're right I don't know if Steve, I mean, we all know Steve was opposed to it, but would Steve have had the clout to stop that move then? Probably not. I don't know. No. Not if he's fighting against the owner and the GM and like four other people, you know? Well, I forget. When was the, when was the uh, rumored love? Was that the, the, it was the it just was, before 2015? 
Yeah, that so, so it's 20, like summer of 2014. Yeah, it may, that's what made them look like geniuses. They get rid mm-hmm. of Mark Jackson. They mm-hmm. hire Steve Kerr. Mm-hmm. We start hearing about the rumored Kevin Love deal, which right. felt like a no-brainer because Kevin Love was putting up like 30 and 20. And I still stand by the idea that his career goes a lot differently if he's just running high pick and roll with Steph Curry than where it went. Now, David, does that does that David mean Lee he couldn't make it work? So I don't know. I mean, but Kevin Love can actually shoot the ball. Mm-hmm. So it's um, fair. It's fair. Uh, that's a different timeline. Anyway, you know. <laughs> I, they wouldn't have been as good. There's no way around that. Like, right. I, I just think they would have been like an, another like Steve Nash sons where you're like, this offense is amazing. And they lose in the right. playoffs because they can't get stops because of Kevin Love. Anyway. Yeah. It's a different would, thing. It wouldn't be light years ahead, but it would probably have a, a good. Well, it would have following. sold out. It would have sold out Oracle for years. Oh, um, no question. No but question. anyway, so, so they don't make, that was the summer they were going to make the Clay Thompson, Kevin Love mm-hmm. deal, or at least it was talked. Kevin Love ends up in Cleveland. And then, you know, Clay Thompson takes the jump to become an all-star and the rest is history. Steve, Steve Kerr looks like a G they look like geniuses because I don't think anyone saw Clay, you know, well, and that's, I think that's kind of the other thing. All they did was hold together. I mean, they added Andre Iguodala before Steve got there and that was obviously a big get. So that's important. That's worth Mm -hmm. noting. Uh, They had, you know, Sean Livingston who they They added him that summer. Yeah. Yeah. Like they, they, but that's a little bit of luck, right? Like a player, Sean Livingston, finally getting back to somewhat full health after the catastrophic knee injury and all the journey throughout, like he was still very good, but then he kind of took another step inside the constraints of the warrior system. Uh, Steph being healthy on a cheap deal, which obviously was huge in 2016. Draymond being, being a once right, in a generation outlier who they didn't yeah. even believe in. Let's be right. real. Right. Like not David on that Lee, level. David Lee getting injured so that Draymond comes in Steve seeing some of Draymond playing the four and the five in the playoffs before thinking, Oh, there's something there having played with Dennis Rodman thinking that Mm -hmm. that might be a a funky way to do it. Draymond just turning out to be the modern day bill Russell of defense, like just everywhere perimeter inside also could knock down shots at the time uh, before shoulder went to crab meat. Like they lucked into in many ways, the greatest team I've ever seen. I mean, in, in the most electrifying team, unquestionably, uh, in modern now, NBA now history. Now, I'll push back a little bit. They should get some credit for, A, recognizing what they could do with Steph Curry. Okay. I'll B, get, I'll get, uh, you could be the second. The second piece yeah. is I think they valued multi-positional versatility more mm-hmm. than the league. Like, the league no, that, wouldn't that, that have was been their as, cutting edge. Yeah. The league wouldn't have been as hyped on the Igudal and Bogut guys who can't even <laughs> score ten points consistently, but will get you four or five assists mm-hmm. and do a bunch of little things. Yeah. I think they get a little credit for for that aspect of it. And obviously, Draymond turned out to be better than both of them at it. Like, right? You know, I think if anything, you're, they're running into. I think Steve Kerr's running into the idea that, like, you know. I can't just turn every player into like one of these, like Eric Pascal, perfect example, not mm-hmm. a dumb player, mm-hmm. but there's a difference between being a, a, not a dumb player and being a, a playmaker. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But you're, the word you used is, is operative there, recognized, right? They had, they had the pieces in place. Mm-hmm. They bring in Kerr. Like they, they obviously weren't just around and it happened accidentally, but they did. This wasn't part of their plan. Right. They all talk about, you know, is the, the 
front office, Joe Lacob, there's the plan when we get the Warriors. It was never part of the plan for them to turn into a juggernaut, just like overnight. And they've been riding that wave in which they were able to sustain by getting Durant through the most incredible the plan, fortuitous the plan, the plan was always to get a Kevin Durant. It was like, right. Yeah. Like if there right. was any we'll, plan, it we'll was, have two good years and then we'll, you know, then, in then a, we'll make ourselves the attractive spot for the next right. big fish who was, you know, Kevin Durant. Instead they were too attractive to the point where now everyone says that Kevin Durant can't go there. Yeah. <laughs> They'll hold it against him. Um, that was not part of the plan. Durant comes in now now they're high and mighty, right? Now it's light years ahead. It's all this stuff. And mm-hmm. listen, it, it, Kerr uses that phrase, real MBA, all the time. They're back in it. And we're going to find out how high they are on their own supply. I, I liked the picks that they made, but those picks, especially the Kaminga one, let's just lock in on the Kaminga one. That is just the Warriors betting on themselves. And this is kind of the first time where top to bottom, Bottom to top, organizationally, everyone's going to have to get on the same page, kind of understand what it is they're all trying to do together. You can't have naysayers or anything like that. You have to get organized. You have to have a plan. You have to execute it in both the short and the long term. I don't think that they've ever really been in in that. I think it's just been a goddamn whirlwind until pretty much now. And now they have to like figure out how to play without a massive head start, which they got by just and, incredible and this circumstances. Is, this is the interesting thing. They recognize they need to develop players. Forget the top picks, although obviously yeah. it's more important than top picks. Like if you're going to have- You got to nail those. But yeah, yeah but if you're going to have this many guys on huge contracts, mm-hmm. you have to be able to find guys for cheap and develop them. Like how the, does, again, getting back to the Giants. But how did it perfect. take a couple of years for them to realize, oh shit, we can't- I guess they just had to get their ass kicked in free agency when they realized ring chasers. I I think actually, I actually disagree with you on that aspect. I think it's, they thought that they had guys who could do it in house and Mm. they, um, they made it a bad bet. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, it's, they had a coaching staff who'd had a lot of success, right. You know, but that's the thing. I mean, this in some ways, and this is the biggest thing in the NBA. Sometimes it's just plug and play. And so much of the NBA now is just about satiating egos. Mm-hmm. And the other part of it is satiating those egos because you need two or three top players to win a championship. Make sure those guys are happy because mm-hmm. they're inherent, as Adam Silver says, our guys are unhappy. And then developing guys that can give you quality minutes around them from, you know, no money, essentially, or very cheap contracts. And as much as, you know, people love this, the concept of ring chasers, like we'll see how that goes with, with the Lakers. Like, yeah. I, I, well, I mean, the Lakers are unique because it's like, if you're in contention, you want two to three ring chasers. I've never seen a roster of eight ring chasers on veteran minimum deals where I'm like, not sure that any, like, I'm so thankful for them. It's so much fun to just like, it's, in, it's, in theory and soon in practice, it's just going to be an absolute, it's going to be such a roller coaster ride. But yeah, exactly. It's like, you know, you never, you don't know what's going to end up there. But back to the Warriors, I, I firmly believe. <laughs> the failures of James Wiseman year one or one mm-hmm. cost half the coaching staff, their jobs, because it's, yeah. it's, it's easy to sell to ownership. They're like, well, we're developing guys slowly. Uh, but like, what do you really want us to do? You know, what's Correct. Eric Pascal? What's Damian Jones, you know, stuff like that. Right. Yeah. It's another thing when it's like, no, I took this guy number two overall and he looks not just 
like a rookie making mistakes, but his confidence is crushed. What are you doing? Yeah. You know, like halfway through the year, halfway through the year, Wiseman looked worse than he did at the beginning of the year. And that's completely on the coaching staff. Mm -hmm. And so they make flashy hires, which is something they're always going to do. Like Kenny Atkinson's about as big of a name as you can put on a coaching staff, not as a lead guy. Uh, Jama is from it's, people I talk to probably the more important hire because 100%. like everyone in Toronto, OG Pascal Siakam, all these guys like credit him mm-hmm. for their development. He's probably going to be more hands-on in terms of day-to-day development work with like the, uh, the Kumingas and Wisemans of the world. And then right. Mielovich, uh, who, you know, another big time, like a bunch of yeah. teams were trying to hire him. Uh, do they all work together? Is it weird? I don't know, but like, the, you know, they identified what they need to do. And that's always kind of interesting. And, and that's something, by the way, that isn't constrained really in any practical sense by money, right? Right. Like, okay, yeah. uh, we want to give Patty Mills mid-level exception. We're willing to spend $30 million on Patty Mills. Okay, that's one thing. And I get that. And I think that they were. It didn't work out. He went to Brooklyn. I get it. Yeah. But you can overpay a coach. <laughs> I mean, if, if you're the Warriors. Yeah, there's no luxury tax on you paying right. an assistant, you know, 500k more. I'm than sure his there were other teams that were like Kenny Atkinson. Let's get him as our number two guy. Yeah, and the Warriors. I, I'm I mean, sure the Clippers the are not the exactly, best offer. Clippers are not exactly a cheap team. He was the number two guy for Ty Lue down there. So to yeah. pry him away, uh, which then brings a, a level of irony in that you know Jerry, Jerry West. West yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we don't need you. Yeah, my, it turns out you might need them. Um, and I, it, we'll we'll see. I mean, I still get you know you you know the general age of my readers at the Merck. Like I still get an email or two a week about the stupidest thing the Warriors ever did was getting rid of Jerry West. He's like the, uh, the I'm old man, the, every man hero. I'm guessing the second most common email you get is, can we bring back JaVale McGee? Yes. Hey, How did you know? There, it's just, I mean, <laughs> I, like, like you, I've, I've, uh, I've taken some dalliances into talk radio, which is a different right. crowd than the internet. It's, and it's let's just say JaVale is held in much higher regards in, in those circles. It's an amazing thing. Like I get it. JaVale's super athletic. And for the Warriors, he was like hyper efficient in a small role, but totally. Five I swear, minutes of JaVale I, McGee was all you needed. Danville dad's love of of Jerry West and JaVale is like on another level. I'm just going to search JaVale in my email right now and see (laughs) how many recently Uh, I've gotten four in the last five weeks. Really? Practically nothing. By the way, Marquise Chris is uh, getting into that territory as well. Um, He is. It's it's the same concept. People like dunks, people like hyper-athletic guys inside. Um, that's why I would say the average Warrior fan, like not online, is significantly higher on James Wiseman than a lot of Comcast email addresses. <laughs> I am wondering in your column if you might discuss slash explain why JaVale McGee, who I believe was recently signed to a veteran minimum contract, was not signed by the Warriors. It goes on, as you can imagine. Of course, he didn't sign a veteran minimum contract. Nah, he, and, uh, he would have taken uh, the whole mid-level from the Warriors. Which yeah, is just- in the and the Can't Warriors are not going to spend thirty million dollars on Javale McGee, uh, but you know, yeah, yeah that, I think that, the Warriors are going to be super mad if they can't get Wiseman to doing at least a Javale impression by mid next year. I, I agree so. with that. I, let's start with that as the baseline. And by the way, I think Wiseman 
should be it should work it just might not work on the time frame that everyone's going to want it to work which was yesterday and the the more interesting uh wiseman question is not whether he'll be a productive winning player in the nba because mm. i do think that will come uh, you know with time yeah it's how high level because if we're talking about you took a bigger miles turner over <laughs> a franchise lead playmaker right i mean a, even yeah. as I love to talk about DeAndre Ayton, and DeAndre Ayton's far better than I ever thought, there's no timeline in which you can justify Ayton over Luka. I'm sorry. It's just like no. Phoenix Phoenix just gets to walk away from it without being in the conversation because Sacramento royally missed right after. You're, you're telling me Marvin Bagley might, exactly. might be on a different level? Yeah, at, least, at least we know Ayton's good. At least we know yeah. Ayton can be on a winning basketball like team. Ayton will be an all-star next year off mm-hmm. of just the name recognition of this past playoffs alone. And like, listen, he's going to go for like 18, 12, and like three blocks a game, two blocks a game. Like He's going really to anchor your interior defense. He's going to finish yeah. everything inside. Everyone could use that. No, he's he's a really he's a really solid just, player. Just he's also t- the third or fourth best player on that team. Yeah, and you just you just can't tell me if they took Luca and then instead of trading for Chris Paul, went out and got Clint Capella for the cheap. That wouldn't have been a better team for the long term. Because I, I, I kind of feel like a little about. yeah. I mean, you know, I, as much as they needed Chris Paul's leadership, I kind of feel like yeah, that might have played sure. out. And I and I just you know, it's it's something against Wiseman because I could be wrong because Wiseman like. Literally, if that jump shot comes around, then we right. have a different, like he's going to at some point be a man who just finishes everything inside on teams that don't have great interior defense. Like I, I've said this a couple of times, so we, we can get so deep into the numbers and, and stuff. And I, I do appreciate, I love that stuff. But like, sometimes there's an aesthetic level of basketball that just needs to be recognized and mm-hmm. appreciated. And James Wiseman's like a beautiful basketball player. Like you can see with ease it all coming together for him and him just being a fucking monster. There's just not many humans that size who he's graceful have coordination of a guard. Like that's yeah. the thing that strikes me. You watch him like, I mean, you've watched enough big men. There's like five big men in the NBA who move like guards and he's one of them really. Right. Like, so that's right. about it. And that's hard to find. Most of them are more like Zaza, you know, like it's just the reality Oof. where it's just like, how many, Clunkin, how many lumbering. Zeller brothers do you need out there? Yeah. You know? Aaron Baines, who's actually, I mean, he's a good player. I, he might, they might be washed now, but he definitely was a good player for yeah. a period of time. And something yeah. terrible happened to him. He was like in the hospital for a couple of days during the Olympics. Like, so, yeah. Like, so I don't know if he's just having a terrible string of luck, but the last year plus has been bad for him. Yeah. I mean, and he's like the 30. curse of Steph Curry. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, he, may have, on him. he may have broke Steph's hand, but he's paying for it long term. Yeah, exactly. That's just a curse. That's fine. That's fine. All right. They, got, they, they need to get Kyrie, by the way, to Chase Center and just like do the sage to get some of the bad omens out of there because I want him nowhere near Chase Center whatsoever. <laughs> he's coming. He's coming whether you well, want I mean, to or not. I believe. Yeah, January but he might take PTO, he might take PTO that game. You never know. It's true. So, it's true. You know, he might decide he might for that one. He might he might decide he wants to go up to like Muir Woods and take in nature instead of playing the game. Well, that'd be good news for the Warriors because it, it would they, be. They're a little more guardable without him. Um, and Looney is going to have a monster game. <laughs> uh, all right, let's edit here. So, where where are you with the Warriors heading into the season with this roster? What are you looking for? What are, where yeah. are you at? I think that they have a chance to be really, really good. I just I am as overwhelmed. We, as we point out all the potential negatives. Well, and this is and that's kind of my thing, right? And I'm a natural pessimist. Um, okay, I, like. 
the amount of ifs on this team is insane. And you could say, oh, well, the Lakers have a ton of ifs. But I go, yeah, but if Anthony Davis and or LeBron or Russell Westbrook is playing any given night, like the they have a chance to win. Fine. Yeah. Like they had, like that's the big thing about the Russell Westbrook thing, right? Like Russell Westbrook's going to come in and dot, like just wreck dudes for 82 games. Like he'll just win on energy for 82 games. And then come playoffs, they're going to go in the, the shitter. But like they are going to have a higher floor. The Warriors have a pretty high ceiling and a pretty low floor. Um, every team is banking on their superstar player staying healthy. So let's scratch that off the list. But like, yeah, that goes without saying. Yeah. Steph is right. Healthy, but like they, they have problems. We, we have no idea what, you know, clay is going to look like when he's coming back, what he's going to be when he comes back. That is right. a critical part of this operation. Andrew Wiggins is probably a static operation now, which means that he's fine, but he's a role player. It's a very expensive role player. And yeah. by the way, they need him yeah. to repeat his shooting from last year because Wiggins shooting mm-hmm. 33% from three is not a fine role player. Correct. hundred percent. Cause he shoots so much. Uh, you know, I, it, I love the Jordan pool reclamation project thing, but boy, uh, maybe the brakes need to be pumped just a smidge on Jordan pool, six man of the year stuff. Like it, I'm We're going off of the final third of the season. He looks like a player. He was awesome. He but, was awesome. But you're right. Like, we got to see it for a full season before. 80, 82 serious role. I mean, the final third of the season for the Warriors was them throwing shit against the wall and seeing if it would stick. And Steve Kerr basically saying, do whatever you want, Jordan. Because we, we, have, no, we have no alternative. We have to let Jordan Poole cook. Are they going to feel the same way come game one of the 2021 regular season? 2020? Like, I don't know. So, like. That's a big and by F. the way, it was noticeable when he was not given the freedom, he was not good. When he was no, given he's the, a terrible defender. When he was given the freedom, he was actually pretty effective. Because he can cook. <laughs> but you know, it's like, is Steve Kerr gonna trust him to make, you know, multiple courses of this meal? I, I don't know. And I can't blame him, by the way, for for not necessarily trusting him. Uh, I think I mentioned the Wiseman thing. Like, there's just go down the yeah, list. Where's Wiseman a, off of a meniscus? Right. Not only is James Wiseman, who has played one practical high-level game, maybe his entire life before he reached the NBA, like, is that guy going to have a better second year? But also, you know, is he going to be the same explosive athlete? You hope so, because he's like a baby, and they come back a little bit better. But is he going to be tentative? All that stuff. I don't know. What was I? Yeah, I'm with you there. I mean, I think they're interesting. There's a lot of ifs. That is that is how we will end this podcast. The Warriors, a lot of ifs. Dieter, appreciate you, man. Anytime, sir.